we are not experts in any piece of these. We are experts in putting together the deal. So we co-partner with the experts in the field of hospitality, for instance. We are bringing Equinox, Equinox Hospitality, which is a company out of California, to do the hotel development, the daily management and operations. We, as collaborate, our job is to create a site, create the master plan, you know, make sure that we have a cohesive development as far as theme is concerned, architecturally speaking. And then we maintain a small ownership as part of that development, but we partner with experts in the field that mm -hmm. have proven track record day in and day out to do this type of development. Welcome to XM State. Where's the greatest opportunity in real estate today? That's what I need to know. We'll hear from industry leaders with boots in the ground and skin in the game. Who's winning? How are they winning? Stick around and we'll find out right here on XM State. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of XM State. This is your host, JCQ. Today we host a developer that is leading one of the most prominent mixed-use active developments in Houston. He is the co-founding principal at Collaborate, Saul Valentin. Collaborate is a development, architecture, and project management firm based in Houston, Texas. At Collaborate, Saul is involved in the vision, management, and development of all facets of the business, overseeing finance, marketing, business development, and administration. Saul has been involved in more than 1 billion square feet of design and construction of office, retail, multifamily, education, and hospitality projects throughout Texas and across the country. Today, Sal's focus is on developing Village Center, a large P3 economic development in Jersey Village that integrates office, multifamily, retail, and hospitality. In our interview, we discuss the process of developing a vision for a project such as Village Center. We discuss how Collaborate got their hands on the site, as well as other development specifics, and we discuss the intricacies of P3 developments, P3 being short for Public-Private Partnerships. It's an interview in which I learned a lot, and my hope is that you will as well. Thank you for being back here. It's a pleasure to have you. Without further ado, here's today's guest, Saul Valentin. Saul, how are you doing today? It's a great pleasure to have you on the show. I am doing very well, very well. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Very excited to talk about development with you. Can we start by giving our audience a little bit of context on where your background is within real estate and within development? Absolutely. I've been in the AEC, the architecture, engineering, and construction industry since about 93. Started in San Antonio and moved to Houston in about 97. Uh, started working with the uh, large architecture and project management and construction group uh, called 3D International that were headquarters here in Houston. So I started doing uh, that and uh, in about uh, 2007, uh, 3D International was bought out by Parsons, at which time I took the opportunity to start my own firm. Okay. Your own firm, which is Collaborate. That's correct. Uh, in 2007, it was a different name. We changed the name to Collaborate. And uh, in 2010, to reflect more of what we did, which is, you know, every single project that we do, as you know, in 
in the real estate, whether it's focus in development or architecture or project management, is centric around collaboration. So we felt that, that the name applied very well to what we did. For sure. So you founded the company in 2007. Was it as a development company? No, it was not. The company was founded as an architecture firm. Okay. Then it evolved into a project program management firm. And lastly, into a development. It all happened because of uh, our client needs, asking us to help them with their real estate needs. That's not what they did. So we're not your traditional development firm. We are more focused into P3. P3 standing for public-private partnership. So a lot of the projects that we work with on development have a form of governmental or institutional component uh, to it, education or cities and things like that. Okay, very interesting. So how did you basically get your start into this, what has now become your niche, you're the 3P, as you well, call it? Well, it was an interesting, you know, again, back to the clients asking for some help. You know, they knew their needs. They knew that they needed um, this amount of space to conduct their business, but they didn't know how to go about other than looking for places available, whether it was for renovation or ground up. They didn't know how to go about uh, putting together what they needed in order to own the place or lease the place. And that's how we kind of started kind of guiding our clients through the process of what they needed, putting a team together for the real estate development that included the attorneys and the contractors and the architects and the project managers and the lending institutions and helping them put together and come together with um, financial advisors that would help them, you know, come up with all the different financials that they needed to, you know, um, come together for, for the development. I myself have never been a part of a public-private partnership development. What are some of the the main difference between one of these developments and a traditional development? I would say they all have the same foundation, but the P3s involve an institutional or governmental or a state agency or government agency of some sort, whether they need a hotel, whether they need a new building for a school, or whether they need and they're looking for office space. You know, it all starts with that when you have a partnership where your client is an institutional type of client. Most developments are based on private developments where you see an opportunity with a site and you envision what the community might need there and you try to focus it around you know, retail or restaurants and all that plays a factor into what we do, obviously. Mm -hmm. But our developments are focused around the needs of a city, of a school, of a university, of, you know, that's what a P3 is. Mm -hmm. And so are these developments usually all publicly funded by the city or municipality? or whoever, whichever no, public not necessarily. No? They're a hybrid where the city or the school or whoever has an interest in seeing a component of the development 
benefiting them. Uh, a lot of times it's based around trying to create uh, more value for the city or sales taxes for the city, or it creates, you know, in some cases, just the space for that institution to go in. They're not always uh, financed by the institution at all. Most of the time, uh, it's a hybrid. Okay. When you say hybrid, you mean there's a component of private capital that also goes into the project, and is that seeking a return like a normal investor would in a traditional development? Well, no, absolutely not, because they're, the, the, the public institutions are not necessarily interested in their, their needs or not to create a revenue return for themselves, but mostly to have a place in the development. For instance, uh, whether it is a school district or a charter school, which we've been part of where they're just occupying the, the charter school. And uh, the charter school is leasing the facilities until the end of the lease, at which time then they own it. So it's basically a, a lease to own type of scenario where the development kind of creates scenario where all their real estate needs are taken care of for for the institution or the charter school in this case. So there are components of private money going into a P3 development, and the private money is looking for a return on their investment, just like any normal development. But the difference is that you separate sometimes those different types of development. So if the institution is looking for a hotel and there's a multifamily component, then the multifamily component is financed with private money. And then the hotel, which was the interest of the city, that is financed separately and differently because that is something that the city is involved with or something along those lines. Okay. So different components within a certain larger development may have different parties and entities involved. And one Absolutely. may have a more traditional structure, for example, of you're building a multifamily component within a development that may be funded in a traditional way where it has private investors and that who are looking for a return. And then there's a school section, which is treated in a completely different way. That's correct. And it's, it's treated with, um, you know, public money and the normal way that the school would perhaps finance something. So, yeah, a P3 is a normal development with a little bit more complex, either ownership structure and or financing structure. Okay. I want to talk to you about Village Center, the mixed-use development that you are developing in Northwest Houston in Jersey Village. That is also a 3P development, correct? Yeah, it is a P3 development. It is a development that the city of Jersey Village is, has a vision. And they, uh, you know, we started conversations with them about uh, two years ago. And there are different components of the development, some that are governmental and some that are traditional. Okay. So was it the city that approached you there who already had the site and was trying to find someone to develop it? That's correct. The city approached us and they had a vision. They wanted to increase property values. They wanted to create a development that was citizen-centric. 
They wanted to create a development that was centered and anchored by the city hall. And um, they wanted to create retail space. They wanted to create a multifamily space, also office, and uh, a place where the citizens of Jersey Village and the surrounding area had a place to go. So we started doing some research and realized that the site that they had, which was completely green and was available because they held it and, and, uh, and controlled it, was the only place on 290 that was available for a development of this type. If you mm -hmm. recall, you have I-10, which has uh, city center, you have 59, has Sugarland Center and the town center, and then 45, north and south, they both have either Baybrook and or the Woodlands. So this 290 was about the only place when 288 has uh, the Paraland of center, town center. But 290 didn't. They do have some retail, surface retail and uh, retail, but that's not uh, apparel. That is not what this is. This is more of a destination location where we were targeting where you could learn, you could play, you could work, and you could live in there. And 290 doesn't really have anything like that unless you go 290 into the different subdivisions, but not off, uh, straight off the highway like some of the other arteries of Houston did. And there's no really another property available for this kind of development on 290 unless you stretch far out up to... Yeah, but yeah if, you, if you go far out, absolutely, there is. Um, but this is right off the Beltway and 290. And it's the only green space available that is perhaps around 12, 13 miles from downtown Houston, which is not very far at all. And it's maybe eight, nine miles from 610. You could get in 21 miles from the airport. So, you know, it's, it's a central place that it's available and not very many of them. Yep. I'm looking at the site on... Google Maps, and I was looking at it earlier before our call, and I'm noticing it is green, as you mentioned, but it seems to have difficulties for development. It has a drainage ditch. It seems to have what looks like an easement. It has a road that crosses it. Yes. We have done probably many revisions to the master plan. So we have created a master plan But there's a spine. So Jones Road is right in the middle of uh -huh. the development, which creates a separation between the side that is going to hold the hotel and the city hall and the multifamily from the site where the retail and the office is located. So it's kind of a natural separation of the two. So mm -hmm. we kind of incorporated that. The Eastmans are Eastmans that are, have been abandoned. So we looked at some of those. And then okay. the area that is already there that you can perhaps see for the drainage is detention that has already been created. So we've incorporated that into okay. this whole development. So that area where the, the, the drainage is or the detention is, is going to be based on a water feature. Okay. Uh, and so we are in the works where civil engineers are working on that. So it's been a very creative journey to get here.
Okay. But it seems like none of the issues with the property were deal breakers. uh, No, there were no showstoppers. Yeah. No, no showstoppers. You know, just like any other site, every site has challenges. But one of the great things of this site is the access that it has to the freeways. Also, the amount of trees that are available there that we're continuing to incorporate into the development. So it's been uh, it's been a pretty rewarding journey so far. Yeah. So you you mentioned you did some studies or some research and work to be able to determine what the market called for in this site or mm-hmm. what what was that process like in order to figure out and determine and get comfortable with such a high-end and dense product like nothing else in the area? We have done many different market research in addition to just normal research. The market research was centric around retail, around multifamily, around a hospitality product, office product. Those were the four areas of concentration. Uh, What we learned on the retail is that, you know, we shouldn't put in there any kind of apparel type of of retail. So it was mostly service type of retail and restaurants, which the area is is starving. It's kind of a desert for nice, good restaurants. So we early on then started focusing on that type of, of retail. The same thing with the multifamily. You know, there is not a fairly new product around there in six, seven, eight mile radius. There are units available, but they're uh, older. So the city's really looking forward to providing citizens a new product and a place, you know, a nice place to to live that it's um, uh, multifamily. So, and then the office component, there's a lot of different, an industrial area back there, but the industrial area that is back there is mostly from the Weatherford and Oceaneering. So is is the technical side of all the different Fortune, you know, 500 companies that are on I-10. So so there is going to be the need for additional office and additional, you know, restaurants to service all that stuff. Okay. Plus, never mind that you're on the Beltway where you have so many different light industrial, if you want to call it that, type of industries there. So we did the basic concept that told us that. And then as we delved into each one of the components individually, when we started talking to the different flags for the hotel, for instance, then we had to do very um, in-depth and specific hospitality type of market studies to determine the average daily rates that were going to be supported there by that hotel. And the same thing with the multifamily, you know, we have to go through the process of putting together all the different specific market research for each one of the components. And were you able to do these market research exercises with one firm or did you have to to separate one firm that was specific for each component? It was one firm at the beginning to create a market research study for best use and each individual areas. But then as we delved into each one of the components separately, then each one of them was done with different firms that specialize in that area. Okay. 
I was reading one of the articles in which you talked about the development. And in one of them, the articles mention a mid-rise boutique office product, which is a term that I hadn't heard of before, but that I thought was really interesting. Is this something that you're familiar with or is it something that you're incorporating in this project? Yeah, we, we are incorporating in this project. The term came from the industry leaders that were uh, interviewing us. We've been involved with a couple of products like that where there were six stories, five stories high, you know, 70,000 square feet office product that was rivaling the different uh, amenities of a building that are located perhaps in uh, downtown and on I-10, but not necessarily in the suburbs. So the product, the building is focused, is more class A-like than most of the suburbs buildings. Okay. Because we develop office condominiums, so that's what I, why I found it very interesting because interesting. We, office <laughs> condominiums are suburban office spaces. But right. the mid-rise boutique office product, is does this have anything to do with people not wanting to office in downtown today as much as they did a few years ago? That's exactly right. Based on the research that we have done, offering this type of space close to downtown and close to the tenants' homes, it's a lot more appealing than having to fight the traffic. And, and you know, which is why I believe that, you know, perhaps the, the work lodges of the world are also experiencing the growth that they are because people want those amenities and that collaboration, but you don't necessarily find it in very many places unless you go into, you know, downtown and with a big company and that kind of thing. Yeah. So we developed a couple of them that we've been part of. Uh, we've been part of the architectural component of some of those boutique mid-rise office products. What about the hotel? Do you know what brand it, it is going to be yet? Or is that still... Yes, we announced the brand. We haven't announced the flag. Uh, okay. We've been in serious communications with Marriott. And we're moving forward with that. So far, there's going to be a reveal as soon as the the franchise agreement is signed here in the next four weeks, perhaps. Okay. But it is a, a Marriott flag that we're talking about. Okay. And do you have previous experience developing hotels or is it going to be your first experience with a hotel? It is going to be. See, see the thing that I want uh, to, to understand is that we are not experts in any piece of these. We are experts in putting together the deal. So we co-partner with the experts in the field of hospitality, for instance. We are bringing Equinox, Equinox Hospitality, which is a company out of California, to do the hotel development, the daily management, and operations. We, as collaborate, our job is to create a site, create the master plan, you know, make sure that we have a cohesive development as far as theme is concerned, architecturally speaking. And then we maintain a small ownership as part of that development. But we partner with experts in the field that mm -hmm. have proven track record day in and day out to do this type of development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand you 
are not an expert in, on everything and that your job is to coordinate, but even that can be a very hard thing to do. And just by speaking with you, I can yeah. tell that you've already learned a lot about hotel <laughs> development just by partnering in a, in a within a minor way with someone who's maybe taking the lead on yeah. that component. Yeah, they are. So we're following that same with all the all the different components, the same thing with the multifamily, the same thing with the office. We have a lot of experience putting together deals with and been involved with hotels and the different contractors that deal with the hotels. So we're doing all and the project management that comes with all that stuff. So each one of those components is a different building type, which requires a different set of skills. So how was the relationship developed with Equinox Hospitality? Did you seek them out once you knew that you needed to put a hotel on the site? No, we have been working with the financial firm that has been part of this, the Oppenheimer, for probably close to a decade. And we have been exposed to the Equinox of the world before through other developments so when we got into this development, we early on knew that they were going to be, they had an interest in developing this site as well with us. Okay. So you, you didn't necessarily shop around and evaluate a different partnership opportunities nope. for this we, particular we, component? We kind of came together as a team to the city for all the different components that we have there. Okay. For the multifamily, for the hospitality office and the, the retail. Okay. What is or what are some things that you are doing differently on this development on Village Center than today being 2020 than you would be doing 10 or 15 years ago? Separating each one of the components. Perhaps 10, 12 years ago, you probably would have tried to approach the development as one single development. In this case, we have separated each one of the components as its own development, creating a large development, but each one of them standing on its own. Okay. That's one big change for the way that it's been approached. And why do you think 10 to 12 years ago it would have made sense or it would have been a, the approach to have taken? And I don't know that it would have made sense. I just think that people were a little bit, there was more money around and more cavalier this way you have areas of expertise, like I was just saying, and focus. The capital that needs to be raised for each one of the components is less, so it attracts different people. So that's kind of what we believe is made a little bit of a difference. Okay. Or maybe it's also that the competition is now more intense and each component requires very specific skill set and expertise that it's difficult for one developer or one entity to be able to have success in such a broad development. You are absolutely right. I think that's a point that I miss saying, but the office developer expert, even though let's say some years ago, there was an office of you know 10 stories with one floor at the bottom of retail, when we were looking at the structure of this development, we decided to separate completely the retail from the office because, like you said, the expertise and the comfort level from those different developers 
was not all there to kind of mix completely. This is a mixed-use site, but it's not a mixed-use building. Correct. Correct. So I always so I'll enjoy the opportunity of speaking with a developer who has had success and has been developing for many years. And one of the questions I like to ask is, what are, in your opinion, the most difficult aspects of being real estate developer? I think understanding, in our case, understanding all the different components that come together for real estate. You know, like I mentioned to you, we we call it real estate fine, but we've been involved in the architecture. We've been involved in the project management. We've been involved in the construction for many years. So we understand the concept as a whole, as opposed to just a transaction that it is. So we understand the delays that might be affecting the project before we can get to financing because we're running short on the amount of interest that we have to support the development before we open it up and that kind of thing. So really understanding all the different aspects is, is one. And if I can go back to the question two, understanding what our limitations are, surrounding ourselves with experts in the different areas that we want to be participating and really being willing to listen. And just like our name of the firm is, willing to collaborate with those experts and those other developers. Development is not really known for collaboration among other developers. Usually you hear a developer doing developer, and they, this is the developers. We are in multiple developers, so different areas, and we're separating each one of these transactions and deals into its own. However, it's creating a collaboration among all kinds of different developers to have very good track record and expertise in each one of their areas. I really like your answer. You said understanding all the different components that take place within a, a real estate project. I agree with that completely because the more I'm involved in development, the more I realize there are no really set rules on development and every company does it differently and every project is very different. And development itself, the term, it's tough to define and to encapsule and every project is different every project comes with surprises its own issues it's uh, somewhere where you never really stop learning so you always have to be open I agree. and understanding many different components so I, I i agree with that answer well thank you uh it's been a pleasure and like you say we're always looking to understand more about Houston, excited about the future of Houston, and I appreciate uh, you uh, inviting us to speak to you. Thank you very much, So It's been a pleasure to have you here, and I hope we get to talk soon again. Thank you very much.